Welcome to Believe Right, the weekly radio ministry of Apostle Joe Perosic and Pastor Rena Perosic, originating from MFC Ministries in Morgantown, West Virginia, USA. Thank you for joining us as we look into the anointed Word of God and learn how it applies to our lives today. Jesus is alive and is healing, blessing, delivering, and changing lives, all through placing faith in Him, taking in God's Word, and beginning to believe right for all areas of our lives. Now, here's this week's broadcast. Moses couldn't. That's why churches stay at 100, 150, my opinion. I can't prove that. It's just theoretically my own opinion. Because you can get a bunch of people delivered from what they were in, but to unify them is a totally different project. When you go to build, you start to see all the independent actions and all their ideas and what they think, and they start arguing with Moses, and they all got opinions. Totally different setup. If there was a genuine conversion... Those people are different. It's, you can't, that's why ministries have a hard time becoming big enough to make a difference because of all the indifference inside of them. Like I said, they were not necessarily ready to repent. They were wanting to do away with the pain. Now, if the Romans 2, 4 says the goodness of God, obviously he reads a man in repentance, but if the goodness don't work, then there's going to be pain involved. I guess it'd be real popular. You could build a really big church talking like this, I'm sure. You didn't laugh with me. I had somebody, I told him the other day, he's a preacher, one of my sermons. And it was, uh, I think it was that one I said, it's not what he takes, it's what he leaves. It's what God leads in your life to make you change. He says, boy, I bet you can really uh, build a big church for that message. I thought, it's the truth. How can I not build a big church? He thought it was not good for building. And I think it's great if you're building a biblical church that has character and power. There's two, it's a different message. So some people respond to the goodness of God, but in this case, two and a half million people didn't, Todd, and just two families did. That's a rough ratio. You, did you ever, you know, sometimes when you try to do things, you ever feel really alone? <laughs> two and a half, two. Families, Joshua and Caleb's family versus two and a half million. So much for popularity. That doesn't matter either then, does it? It almost scares you to think where the crowd goes, you probably shouldn't go. So God has to have people in unison, unity to build with them. One man can bring deliverance but he can't make them unify. Look at the division in the church, the Corinthian church. And you read the New Testament even. All the, the things they were thinking and how squirrely they got, incest in the church. Don't, you know there's incest in the church. It's on the news a lot. So you know it's in the church. Hate to talk like that, but it is. It's not different. It's not different. So why didn't God just give them the promised land? Okay. To take the ground and expand the kingdom, like I said, you have to have a buy-in. That's where all the, the growth issues come. I will tell you this, and I can't prove this, so you can't run around quoting me on this. This is just my personal, I don't give you my personal thought, but today I've given two or three of them today. Many preachers get so discouraged trying to make disciples and corporate unity that they settle for stuff that attracts crowds and just have a church. 
I'm sorry, I can't do that. I'm not even wired that way. You know what that's like doing? In all the years I spent in the car business, you know what that's like doing? Selling broken cars on purpose. It's an integrity issue to me. I can't help it. I'm sorry. God didn't wire me that way. He ground on me day in, day out to try to put integrity in my character. And when I think of just letting people stay broke, it's like selling broken cars. It ain't right. Bad English, good theology. It's not right. You have to, you have to get involved with people. And when you can't, you've got to have other people get involved with people, which means you can have other people that are interested in being leaders and other people who are willing to go to the fire to become one so they, you can talk through them because Moses talked through the people. He says, break them up, remember? Down to tens. And they've got to have your anointing to do it. You see, the, the method is obvious, but it requires breaking and a cross. And if you're preaching, boy, oh boy, I'm all over this today. I can tell. I have to decide that this ain't prepared. When you're preaching Benny's, you're gathering, but somewhere down the line, you've got to preach the cross and character, or you're just going to have a bunch of people. And they're all still going to live together. They're all still going to fornicate. They're all still going to have affairs. They're all still going to do bad things because you need to have the fire and the cleansing power of the cross to change that. So big churches and big crowds, we got a big government, okay? That ought to tell you right there. It's out of control. That you, God's way is breaking it down till everybody can be ministered to held accountable and be loved on, prayed for, and meet the needs of each other. That's his pattern. House to house in the New Testament. Moses in the Old Testament breaking it down to tens. His father-in-law gave him that advice. It's funny, I, I think of church things, it took a guy like Moses' father-in-law that didn't know anything to say, hey, what you're doing is crazy. Sometimes I think we need consultants because the church does crazy things. They think things are going to work that really aren't going to work because they think that's the way it works, but it's really not how it's written. We build things, you know, businesses do it, don't they? They hire consultants, give them 50, 80, 100 grand to come in and try to tune things up and tell them what they don't know because they're building wrong. The church is really built on relationships, accountability, small groups, corporate gatherings. That's how it's really built. If you're going to use the Bible as the pattern. And so if you just have crowds, you don't have that. You have to bring that in. Anybody hear me this morning? I, I've said this to you before. I do as good in a home cell or even better than I do from here. I get just as excited when there's eight people in the room as I do when there's 180 people. I don't even care. I like, getting, I like knowing I got it done. When you get in a small group, you're looking in their eyes and you know, you think this one's getting this nugget. My God, look at that. She, look what she just got while I was sitting here. You get excited because you can see it in their eyes that the lights come on. I love small groups, but they can't all be small. But it's nice to know and see, ultimately, we're supposed to do that as a corporate body and build this is where it's hard to raise up leaders. You've got to 
buy in. And you notice what God is, I say one thing about God. He got guts. He don't worry about it. Okay, this is the next step. Y'all like it or you don't. Oh, God come out with two folk. He didn't worry about losing everybody. He come out with two. It wasn't threatened and it didn't disturb him. He says, this is the next step. Will you take it or not? Only two of them would. And so it held back the vision for 40 years. Oh, God's merciful, isn't he? Isn't that amazing that God waits? It's a lifetime for some people. I, I had a hard time with that when I learned that, that God will let things lay for years, decades, waiting on people to change. That's hard to swallow, especially if you're Moses. Moses got mad. He didn't make it. Moses didn't make it. You know that, right? The Moses didn't make it. The great Moses, and he was great, and, and, and he, still, he still was a great man, even when he didn't make it. But he didn't make it. He let the people get to him and didn't overcome that. 40, I guess 40, I can't say nothing. How many of you want to walk around for 40 years in a, in a in what, I don't know how many miles it was, 11 miles or something, it's like the size of Manhattan. How would you like to spend your life in Manhattan where there's nothing but sand? 40 years with people who complain all day. I can't take complaining so bad. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I don't know if I could have lasted anywhere near as long as Moses did. 40 years of people going, well, it's your fault we're here, Moses. Whining all the time. 40 years of people complaining. God killed a nation's army. Ten plagues. Drowns the army. Rocks start making water come out. Manna comes every day. Quail blow in. Supernatural provision when there's nothing there. You'd think they'd be scared to complain. Don't you think? I mean, stuff blows in every night while you're sleeping to eat. Every night, something blows in for 40 years. Every night for 40 years, there's manna. They complained about that, too. <laughs> they complained about that. If I could purge the church of anything, it would be complaining, murmuring. It is so offensive to the, not my emotional, my emotional man catches up, but it is so offensive to my spirit when I hear people complain about everything, that nothing's ever right. It's horrible what it does to your character. Complaining is almost an insult to God, as if he's not big enough to take care of what is in front of you. Remember, I, I think I told you this about a month ago. That the, you know, like I said, Lester's words just mean more now than ever. And he was just talking about Wigglesworth. And he said, Smith Wigglesworth lived so high compared to where he was. He said, you couldn't get him to say anything bad. He said, he, and Lester's just come right, he wasn't there. He said, he lived in a place that was so high, you just couldn't get him to do it, to talk bad. But he also lived at that much power, too, 
because he could control himself and he had, it's not, a, it's not just control, it's a heart change. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. If you're complaining, it's coming out of your heart. Period. You can think you can control it with your head. You say, I'm going to zip my mouth. That's not good enough. That's like saying whoever looks at a woman with lust has committed sin already. If it's in your heart, it's a sin. And I don't mean to blow every, burst everybody's theological bubble. You've got to behave yourself. You can't express the evil nature that's the God's purging out of you. Apostle Joe Perosich and Pastor Rena Perosich pray that you have been blessed by this week's Believe Right broadcast. Chapter 14 and verse 6 from the book of John in God's Word tells us that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life, and that no one comes unto God the Father by any other manner than through accepting, believing, and confessing that the shed blood of Jesus has cleansed them of their sins and that He truly is the risen Savior and Lord of their life. For more on the gospel message of Jesus Christ, you can log on to our website at www.believeright.tv. There you can listen to older radio broadcasts and view our weekly television broadcast, along with finding out more about Apostle Joe Perosich, Pastor Rena Perosich, and MFC Ministries. That website address again is www.believeright.tv. TV. If you wish to contact us for prayer or ministry information, you can call us in the U.S. at 001-304-292-7283 or write us at MFC Ministries, 300 Highland Avenue, Morgantown, West Virginia, 26505 USA. Join Apostle Joe Perosich and Pastor Rena Perosich again next week at this time here on this station for another time in God's Word, which, when applied to our lives, will enable us to believe right for every area of our lives. Have a blessed week in Jesus.